Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Pixelist Podcast, the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Will. That's Blake over there to my left. Yep, nailed it. And uh, today we're here to talk about some worlds beyond number. The wizard, the witch, the wild one. Episode 11, to be exact. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I was... Okay, now... I was about to say something just to say it, but now I'm wrestling if I if I truly believe it or not. I was going to say it's crazy that we're 11 deep, but if I think about it, not really, since they're released every two weeks. But I, I don't know. Yeah. Good intro from me here yeah. today with that thought. <laughs> yeah, it is. 11 episodes deep. And um, yeah, my only uh, honestly is get pretty crazy, too. I'm like, dude, this thing's kind of winding up a little bit. Oh, and yeah. I'm kind of wondering where the Grandmaster Brennan Lee Mulligan is going to take it. Me too. This, uh, that the, the emotions were running very high in the, in the yes. cliffhanger of this episode, uh, especially yes. uh, throughout the whole episode, honestly. Um, but they've been pretty good about these uh, enticing cliffhangers each week. That I am always... More. Do you see the new Brennan Lee Mulligan? Uh, sorry, Brennan Lee Mulligan. The Dimension Twenty uh, adventure. Yeah, yeah. Me- uh, Metropolis or something. Yeah, I- <laughs> some something like that. With uh, it's me to bring something up and then not know <laughs> what it's actually called. With, it looks uh, really cool though. Yeah, with Tank Green is is yeah. in it, so that's really cool. Uh, it's another side quest, I believe. Is that the terminology? I think so. Yeah, because it's another yeah. shorter one, I think. Yeah. Um, which. Excuse me, I had to cough. Um, those of you know by now that we're kind of Dimension 20 amateurs, but I, I was for some reason under the impression that it went like side quest, main adventure, side quest, main adventure. Yeah, but I now we've had thing. like three, three side quests in a row. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I wonder if that's atypical or. Yeah. That, Which if, for, you know, for our listeners, I'm starting up a new D&D group and um, one Bro, of the guys. Are you doing is- it with that that guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bro, how dare you start another D&D campaign without me? Listen, Bro. y'all, let him have it in the comments. We're going to bring this up in Critical Role video where we have more people. <laughs> this is very much a Brennan Lee Mulligan themed uh, get in the comments. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I told Will this over the phone, but um, the, one of the guys who's never played before, he's watched like a he, he's trying to learn more about D&D. And so I was like, oh, like, what have you been doing? He's like, oh, I've been watching this thing called Dimension 20. And um it turns out that Brittany Lee Mulligan, so he's from LA and Brittany Lee Mulligan, apparently, I guess at like the improv school he went to or something like Brennan's either like a guest or like one of the main people or something, but is like the master of improv. And, um, I was like, yeah, I just want you to know it's not going to be like that. So <laughs> lower your expectations deeply and then lower them further. So <laughs> yeah, man, it's just a casual thing. Don't get jelly. You know, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, sure, my wife's playing, you know, and so are a bunch of other people, and yeah, you know, it's cool. I'm just gonna start a campaign without you, and then you should wind it, wind it up, dude. <laughs> Invite me, you know. <laughs> Can always do more we'll D in my life. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so that's exciting. The Metropolis. I don't know when it starts. There's some weirdness going on with the, uh, or not weirdness, but um, with the the Screen Actors Guild strike. Yeah, uh, and I know I, that. Um, I don't want to get into the nuts and bolts of this because I don't. Mentopolis is the name. Okay. By the way, Um, I know that um, Sam Reich, I believe, is his name. The Mm -hmm. like the owner and the guy that hosts Mm -hmm. Game Changer and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't. I don't know the details, so I don't want to get into it and misquote or anything. But I know that, like, of course, they are standing with um, the Screen Actors Guild, and so I don't know if they technically like would have. Like, I don't know if things like Dimension Twenty necessarily fall under. Um, like what's what's being protested right now, but I did I do know that regardless, he is treating it as if it is. So that's why uh, I think they said it does fall okay. under, but that they had already f- recorded Mentopolis. Right. Okay. I think. That checks so. out because I, I know I similarly saw Hank Green actually tweet like something's going to be announced that I'm in that I'm really excited about, but like don't think it's yeah. weird if I'm not promoting it because like I I can't. Um. Yeah, so I think Dimension 20 falls under it. Meanwhile, Critical Role does not fall under it, right. though they stand with the writers, of course. Right. So, no, I don't even remember why I, I 
I, I feel like I was building to a point there, but I don't know what it was now, okay. so I'm just going to move on. Um, there was ever a soundbite for our yeah. podcast. <laughs> that <laughs> that's, would be that's it. it. <laughs> um, uh, Loki season two trailer. Yeah, did you see watch it? it yet? I did. I did too, man. I, I guess that would have been good content for us to watch for the first time. <laughs> We're very good at having a YouTube channel. <laughs> yes. We are very good at it. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that. For those of you guys out of the loop, maybe you don't watch um, Disney Plus kind of stuff, but Loki is a show. Uh, season two just got an, just got announced. The trailer just came out today, but I think this was the first thing you and I did on the channel. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Loki was our first pixelless collab. And um, yeah, so... It's kind of cool. The second trailer, second season's coming out. Yeah, I'm excited for it. And if I, uh, I want to, I do like, I would like to talk a little bit about the trailer and stuff. Maybe we can do that in our next like Pixel Bits episode or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah, I thought it, I thought it looked good. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, you know, we <laughs> critical role per usual, uh, mainstay on the channel. That's coming up soon. Uh, anything else to really say in our announcements here? No, I don't think so. Thank you guys for being so patient about the Critical Role episode. Um, I think you finished it, right? Yes. Or yeah. uh, I have not watched it at all, <laughs> and it's five hours, so pretty much Will every day is like, so how about now? <laughs> uh, so for you guys waiting totally on me, I'm sorry about that, fam, uh, but it is on my list tomorrow to get it watched, and then uh should have that episode up either tomorrow night or Wednesday. So, yeah. Awesome. So we got that to look forward to. And then I did just see as a kind of final little piece here. Uh, I just saw this, the uh, Worlds Beyond Number. Uh, they announced that, you know, the episodes typically come out Tuesday, which would be tomorrow. Uh, they said it's going to be delayed until Wednesday. But they said for like good reason. Like it's like uh, hmm. they didn't like ex expand beyond that. But I'm assuming because, you know, maybe it's going to require some hmm. extra editing or something. But definitely got my yeah, interests okay. percolating. Yeah, um, I am peaked. Yeah, so for anybody that hadn't seen that yet, come tomorrow if you're like, where's the new episode? Um, it's going to come out Wednesday. It's too bad because I listen to it when I drive to a meeting on Tuesday mornings. Mm, that is unfortunate. Nope. All right. Well, you could always... Uh, well, never mind. Scratch that. Well, you can start on Critical Role now. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, uh, I got an hour of that. Boom. Um, all right, y'all. Without uh, further ado, we let's jump into our recap of uh, the episode before we dive into our full proper discussion. Uh, and this is episode 11, Promises, Promises. Um, oh, I've, we host the recap separately on YouTube. Forgot to give that little spiel. So if you find yourself on the recap video, a link to our full discussion will be in the description. Um, so without further ado, episode 11, Promises, Promises. So we pick up with our ragtag crew um at orima's shrine and they have just been given again this ultimatum basically help bring me into this world or die um so a, a kind of a lot happens in this scene um suvi is still not sure if she's on mute or not but she's basically muttering under her breath that we can't do this orima will kill countless thousands and you know maybe it's just naram's fault for letting himself get caught um Ursulan, meanwhile, is concerned with this threat, uh, specifically on Ame's life, and uh, he makes a nat 20, I believe, perception check, and just picks up on about 30 moving creatures that we find out are called Undre, which means stranglers in, uh, like, the spirit language. Uh, <clears throat> Suvi decides she wants to cast Identify on the shrine, on the offering, um, but it's a minute-long cast, so she... Brennan tells her that she can begin to cast that. Uh, so she does that. Uh, Ame makes a, I think it's a survival check to kind of get a grip on things as well. Uh, specifically to determine where Orima like actually is. And she realizes that she's unable to appear in the material plane without their assistance because of this offering that's on the shrine, which is apparently a very good offering. Um, and Ame basically is like, okay, let me just beg and is like, hey, just can you please trust us that we'll free Naram for you? And that way, you know, the people of Port Talon won't be punished. And Orima just kind of scoffs. And <clears throat> it's at this point that Ursulon realizes like, hey, if you kill us, 
then you're screwed too because there's nobody here to help you. Right. So he's like, just let us do this. Like, we're your best chance. Like, let us save Naram for you. And and in in this um in this pleading that Ursulan's doing, he mentions their names. And when he says Suvi, Orima says, Who is Suvi? And that's when Ursulan notices Suvi is being like hidden by this mm-hmm. amulet around her neck. And in the, in all of this, this, all these things are kind of happening simultaneously almost. Um, so Ame also notices during this that the offering bowl on the shrine has a rooster's crest on it. Um, you know, the presumption being that this was Grandmother Rin's. So Ame asks Orima if she knew Rin, and Orima mm-hmm. did. And Ame says, like, I am her successor. And so, like, if you had any respect for her, could you please, like, allow us to try to help you? And Orima says, you know what, this doesn't matter because none of you like can wield Wavebreaker. Only I can. And Ursulan says, no, like I can as well, and I will. And Orima's like, listen, you can just walk out of here, like live a life of ease. Just let me out. I'll spare you. And you never have okay. to think about this again. And in response to that, Ursulan just picks up the sword and tells her, My breath is in my honor, and doing this will bring me honor. Like I will free your husband. And the culmination of all of this basically ends with Orima. You're realizing she kind of doesn't have much of a choice here. And she says, you know, please do not fail. Um, Like, please save my husband. And so at that, the vines that have kind of been keeping them in this shrine area part. Um, But she does kind of one final thing that she says is... um, the door behind you is closed and you are lost on the great path through the forest. There is no way out, only through. And uh, before they begin to leave, Suvi does finish as her identify on the bowl and realizes that there's this pad of powerful magic that is preventing Orima from manifesting. Suvi has this question, we're told, of if Rin passed, why are her spells still working? And then oh. she kind of has this moment of seeing Ame in a new light as, you know, she is no longer an apprentice. Um, so they leave the shrine and they find a place to rest for the night in this, uh, village. And, uh, Ursula notices that Suvi's pendant has stopped doing whatever it was doing. And Suvi only realizes just now that her pendant that she always keeps hidden has like popped out. Um, and by the way, during this, this whole episode, Suvi has been rolling awfully, like just very, very, very poorly. And so Brennan has her make like a wisdom save just to kind of like go in conjunction uh, to serve Mm -hmm. the story for like these bad rolls. And she actually rolls pretty well on that. Uh, But he has Ame and Ursulan roll an insight check into Suvi's deception to kind of see what maybe is revealed here. And Suvi says that there's kind of a crack in her facade. Uh, She is indeed a young wizard still who in the face of everything that's happening can really only focus on one thing at a time. Um, especially after the day and the half trek through the woods. So like she is, she is cracking, she is breaking and Mm -hmm. uh, she's not able to hide that. Like she maybe normally would be able to. So Mm -hmm. they find rest in this tavern. Uh, Ame keeps watch while her friends sleep. And uh, the only other thing that happens before the break here is Ame and the Fox have a great convo where, you know, he says he'll keep watch if she wants to sleep. And she's like, I don't know if I can trust you. You might just run off and do what you want to do. Uh, and he promises, I'll always tell you what it is I want to do. Um, and there's this really heartfelt combo. Um, Bro, how which, about that line about like when you die, you forget or whatever. And he yeah. was like, I'll never forget you. Yes, yes. I just thought, bro. Because uh, he's like, you know, I don't <laughs> want you to die because if you die, do yeah. I like lose my magic? Yeah. And um, it's just a great combo. Um, it was. But that that takes us into the break. If you want to yeah. from there, my friend. Yeah, so this was around like the 45-minute mark, and um, the party gets up from their rest. It's their first good rest since they first left Port Talon to find Ame and Orima, and they are making their way back to Port Talon. And unfortunately, it's not a very positive conversation. Um, As Will joked about Suvi making terrible roles, these roles will continue, and... um, no, no, there's another way, other better way to put it. Suvi is feeling um, a bit snarky, and um, they yeah. are essentially talking about what they've just been through at the shrine. And um, in this conversation, 
Um, Ame is kind of giving Orma the benefit of the doubt of, you know, even though she seemed abrasive, even though she was, um, you know, threatening to kill everybody, um, she just wants to rom. Like, she just wants to be taken care of, ultimately. And Suvi, meanwhile, um, which, by the way, Abria has, like, some of the most heartfelt, raw, emotional lines in this, where she calls Orma deeply cruel and, um... There's this interesting conversation where I think the fox asks um, if the world of Umora is is this for people or is this for spirits? Uh, because Suvi basically says like this is our place. This is like this isn't the place for spirits. And um, even so much as uh, in they're having in, as they're having this conversation, basically says like if you try to mess around with us, like you'll get what's coming to you. And references even Naram in that. Um, Brennan actually pauses for a moment and asks Ursulon, hey, in this moment, like, would you have realized, like, would you have taken what she's saying, like this harsh language around spirits? Like, would you have connected that to yourself or no? And Ursulon says, I don't think I would have in this moment. So this could be a sort of a light bulb, harder conversation later on down the road. Party continues. They make it to Port Talon. Um, they're trying to decide how to get back into town, and so they try. Um, they try the pregnant sister thing again, <laughs> um, and the guards immediately are like, "Who are you? What are you doing? Anything coming out of the Kutsu cannot be trusted. Like it's been overrun for weeks now." And they're like, "No, like we were going to to Lambry. Like we're trying to get back." And they immediately are suspicious of them as being like trickster spirits of some kind. Um, as is tradition, Suvi rolls yet again, uh, totally bombs the roll. Um, the guard's not buying it. A second guard comes up and is like to the first guard, like, hey, you're still learning this. We actually don't like to have like a long conversation with them. We just arrest them. And so the guard's like, hey, we're going to arrest you now. Just go ahead and you know put your hands behind your back. And Suvi is like, like, there's no other way to put this. She is spiraling out at this yeah. point. Um, she's panicking because it, this was like big vibes of your mom's going to find out what you've been doing and they know they are mere hours from steel arriving in town she doesn't want steel to know what she's been doing and so in a panic she starts to threaten the guards and is like you don't want to do this um you're going to lose your jobs and then even says things like hey i don't want to have to kill you uh, to which Britain has the cards basically be like, you know, normally we'd be pretty shaken up by that, but we're going to let that go. <laughs> uh, but then actually, Suvi's going to throw out a, um, oh, I can't think of what it was called, um, a cantrip, a bolt of some kind. And Brennan has this really cool um, sort of above the table moment of with Abria. Uh, and says, Suvi, if you kill these guards, your life will be forever changed. Um, so Suvi's like, I don't want to kill them. I just want to <laughs> intimidate them. Intimidation checks are like a, like a five. I think she has like a persuasion check. It's like a seven. She like uh, reveals the, um, removes the illusion of the staff and like fails that role. They all get arrested. They get put in this wagon. They get taken to these barracks where Suvi is continuing to threaten them with their jobs. And Brendan points out, hey, there's like 200 guards around you now. And finally, she name drops um, uh, Galani who's at the governor's mansion and the sergeant agrees to go find out more information leaves comes back with Galani. They have something in their wagon that they pull out and reveal to be a large mirror, the speaking mirror that she originally spoke to steel to in the governor's mansion. The mirror kicks on and it appears to be a sky ship. Um, a, a ship that without like um, billowing waves, but actually like clouds blowing past side by side, uh, which I don't know if that was your take. That was my take on it. Um, I didn't here, put that together, but I think you're right now. Yeah. Um, and here is steel adorned in golden armor. It's an armor set that she hasn't seen since the day years ago when steel came to say that her parents weren't coming home and steel immediately rips into her. Um, it's like, what were, I told you to lock this down. What were you thinking? And, um, Ame begins to speak. Suvi says, Hey, shut up. This is between me and steel and steel's basically like Suvi. No, you shut up. Ame, I want to hear what's going on. And that is our cliffhanger of an ending. Uh, episode 11 promises, promises. 
of The Wizard, The Witch, and The Wild One. And again, if you want to hear our thoughts on the episode beyond the recap, you can click the link in the description to take us to our full discussion and let us know what you thought as well uh, for this episode. So, yes, my friend, well done. Yeah, Dude. Skyship, that makes so much sense. Um, yeah, I, that's what <laughs> that was my take on it, at least. I was like, oh, I guess it's a Skyship. Yeah, because I was trying yeah. to, I was trying to parse what he meant. I was like, you can't see the sea behind him. Does that mean they've like docked? <laughs> but no, it's, right. Because he did mention the clouds and stuff, so yeah, that's cool. Because I'm prior to that, we have no, we had no mention of those existing, right? Right. So that's cool. Which yeah. I guess would also make sense as the fastest way to travel, presumably with the the teleportation door and being down for a mysterious reason. Right. Um, or right. at least at least one of them that we know of is down. I guess that doesn't necessarily mean that like the whole network's down necessarily. Right. Um, but yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I'm glad you said that. Cause I did not pick up on that at all. Yeah. So, um, crazy episode, dude. Um, Suvi, I, I was at one point, I was like, are you high? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and I loved Brennan sort of pulling back as the, the DM to be like, Hey man, um, just so you know, if you do this, it's 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 gonna be a big deal. Yeah. So kind of like coaching her to maybe maybe not kill these guards. <laughs> yeah. So not that she necessarily would have, but um, yeah, Suvi's really floundering a bit. Yeah, <clears throat> I thought. Uh, so the whole her terrible terrible roles. I guess I'll put it that way. Um. I just thought it was really cool of Abria to like, you know, a lot of times if you have a bad role, especially if you have a, a sequence of bad roles, it's very frustrating, you know, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, but it's so cool how she turned that into a character moment. Right. Um, yeah. You know, of, of her just, and of course all, it all makes perfect sense too. Um, but of her just like breaking down, like not knowing, right. Like she, she has like one, like one, like one driving factor, if you will. And like, that's not working. And she just keeps running into a wall. And so what do you do? Like you break, like she broke. Mm -hmm. Um, so I thought that was like masterfully done in terms of, um, how to like turn poor roles into like a really cool thing. Um, so shout out to Abria and also shout out to Brennan for the cool wisdom save idea. I'm curious, like what would have happened I'm assuming she yeah. succeeded on whatever it was because she rolled like a 22, I think. Yeah, right. But uh, I really liked that. I, I mean, not that he even, not that that was even necessary because of what I just said with Abria like really playing into it role play wise. But I am curious like what Brendan had in mind there if it was going to be like an exhaustion point, like because you're emotionally like drained, or uh, I mean, who knows? Could have been anything. Um, maybe we'll get to see it future in the campaign because I believe when he yeah. when he did that, he brought up. And I may be so, confusing points, but he's like, we'll yeah, get no. higher and higher level. Like we'll see yeah, more he, of our homebrew. He brought up the secondary stat. That's I, right. I love, I love this kind of stuff, by the way. I love like the little tweaks and homebrewing that happens. But um, so for you guys who maybe missed it, Britton said that, uh, and I don't know if this excludes Ursulon as a paladin, but he did say we did some homebrewing for wizards and witches where they have like their primary stat. Uh, which for you guys who you play D and D, um, you you have a primary stat that is connected to your specific class. But he said that those two classes also had a secondary stat, um, which for um, Ame it was charisma was mm -hmm. a secondary stat, with her primary stat being wisdom. And for Suvi, her primary stat was intellect, uh, which is true to wizards in Five E, with the secondary stat wisdom. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would have been really interested if she had failed that role, if that would have affected, if it would have been not like exhaustion, but like something like that, where like yeah. your roles now um, and taking like the play test rules for exhaustion, like now your roles have like a penalty of minus one until like your next long rest or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's one of those things where it's like you feel so bad that she's missing so many roles, but then when she finally hits one, you're like, ooh, that was the one that yeah. I <laughs> wanted to see you fail. 
<laughs> so yeah, for sure. And I bet, I bet Ursulon does. I mean, at least I would assume has a, a mm. secondary stat as well. Um, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I love, I love these like cool little homebrew tweaks that, uh, yeah, that Brennan's making and, and that anyone would make, you know, it's always fun to hear how people homebrew stuff in their own games. Um, but of course, especially with someone as as skilled as Brennan, it's just cool to like see what his mind comes up with for stuff like right. this. Um, but yeah, Suvi, <clears throat> I know I already said it, but just kind of round out the circle here. I just thought it was a masterclass in, in dealing with poor roles and actually turning them into something cool for the story. Um, and it's I, it's going to be interesting sorry to like skip ahead to the end of the episode but just interesting to see like what comes of of this in the face of you know having one being already like broken and now having to deal with steel who is Mm -hmm. you know not happy um i think there's going to be some real consequences consequences not like i mean that's too harsh of a word i i think i think i think brennan already played like the frustrated mother stepmother you know, I almost feel like there's going to be some kind of outcome from this, um, whether direct or not. Um, yeah, I'm really interested. I'm really interested to see where this goes. I was, I was going to say something else just now, and I literally I lost my train of thought as I started speaking. Uh, um, about what Steel might do or what might happen with oh, Suvi? I, I remember it, but I wanna, I'm actually going to hold it. It's still about Suvi, but I want to hold it till after we're done talking about Steel. But um <clears throat> Yeah, I actually didn't realize it was Steel at first because with Galani crying, yeah, I thought, did someone die? And then when Brennan described Steel in like the golden armor, I was like, oh, is this like a diplomat to tell her that Steel died? Which I was like, oh my gosh. But then it was Steel. Um, but yeah, traveling in some kind of... Uh, that ceremonial is not the right word, but like, I guess like a more formal attire that Suvi hasn't seen since that day. I have so many questions. I'm like, why? You know, I didn't take but, it that way. Okay. I thought steel always wore the gold armor. Well, the reason I asked is because the reason I was confused was because Brennan made the note of you hadn't seen, you hadn't seen this since the day steel came to tell you your parents weren't coming home. But I do remember she, his phrasing around that. So yeah, you, you're right. We know she's seen steel. Right. Multiple and times since and then. in episode one, was she not wearing? Cause I remember like the woman being described as the sword of the Citadel and it was like right. during the military ceremony. So like surely she would have been wearing yeah. her armor. Right. So maybe she has multiple sets and like the golden, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. Is the implication <laughs> that she like chewed out Galani or something or. Uh, I guess so, because I, yeah, I was going to bring that up, too, because he was crying. And so here's maybe what I'm thinking is that I presumably maybe they were in communication, Steele and, and Galani. And as you know, Suvi's room was left with like the door busted in. Right. And they were just gone. So maybe right. Galani had to like message Steele and be like, <laughs> her door is broken in and she's gone. So like maybe like they thought yeah. she was dead or something. Um, and so maybe he got chewed out for that. Yeah. But then, you know, clearly. I, so I don't know. I don't know how the timing would work out with that. But if it's not that, then, yeah, I'm very curious as to why mm. he was crying. She was crying, I think. I think Galani's a she. Oh, it is? I think so. I, I, think I have no was, confidence in this now, but I for some no reason idea. I was assuming uh, a man. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I have no um, idea now. Hey, I, but while we're not talking about steel, so you know how we've been kind of talking about like this little kind of conspiracy theory of could steel be the one who made them, who cursed Ame and uh, grandmother Ren. And it was like, well, steel's like, you know, like a mother to Suvi. I just thought it was interesting that Suvi on the way back to Port Talon was like, no, steel is like, she's bad. Like she can not like evil, but I think they were even talking about Orma and Orma being like so crazy and being like, no, Steel's worse, which made me think, okay, there's, this is a side we haven't really seen of her. Like we know she's the sword of the Citadel. So she's not like this, you know, bottling sweet maternal figure. You know, I, yeah. I'm sure there's, there's a war hero side to her, 
And so I don't know. It just kind of just kind of fed that conspiracy a little bit for me. I was like, hmm, okay. Yeah, I I wrote that down too. Um, but I also wrote probably not worth reading into. But I it triggered it triggered the same way for me because like. Uh, the moment was like Suvi was crying and she's like, they're going to kill me. And Ursula's like, I'm not going to let them kill you. And she's like, no, Steel's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So like that could very, yeah. it could very easily be like, she's just, you know, she knows she messed up just like, you know, like, oh, I forgot to take the trash out. My mom's going to kill me. Like when you're younger, you know, yeah. so right. you would say that, but obviously your mom's not going to actually kill you. So yeah. <laughs> it could have, it could a hundred percent and it's, and it's probably more that. But it could also kind of be a, a glimmer into a, a a darker, crazier side of steel. Uh, so I'm right there with you that, that that pinged for me. But I don't know how to, you know, it it's probably the other thing. But could it be this? Um, so, yeah, I, I had that same uh, thought. Um, and she clearly made Galani cry, whatever it was about. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, she upset him. Um, but, yeah, I... Uh, there's one more th- there was one other thing I wanted to say about steel and it just evaporated um but yeah i'm I'm just curious about this is something we've talked about before but just kind of curious about like what's gonna happen from here oh I remembered um I'm with you and <laughs> I know I'm like going ramble mode right now but uh you said we kind of already got the uh like the the slap on the wrist kind of reaction from steel the first time they spoke. Mm. So now there's probably going to be some consequences. Like you said, um, I agree. And really to me, like what's like the biggest consequence it would be you're done. Like you're back to the Citadel right now. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, aside from like, I'm going to kill you, which obviously that's not going to happen, but uh, I'm curious how, how that gets, because clearly she's not going to go back to the Citadel, like in terms of right. the story. Right. So like, right. how's that going to work? Is she going to just talk her down? Maybe um, we know they have this, the wave breaker and this whole mission to free Naram. It's going to be very interesting to get Steele's perspective on the whole situation. Cause if she's team, Oh, Galani, you, magnificent. Like we captured one of these things. Let's use it for, you know, the Citadel, the war, then like, that's a stark, you know, a forking point as far as Suvi is concerned like okay does she like literally go against Steel after like already being in so much trouble or is Steel gonna be like agreeable to their wanting to free Naram I really don't see that happening but I almost wonder if Suvi would be team Steel like Like team wizard and not want to I mean I don't know yeah. You know, like, um, there's been so many cool details that Abria has created for Suvi. Um, like, we know we, we've kind of always assumed her to be pro-spirit, for lack of better phrasing, because uh, of her connection to Ursulan. Yeah. And I think this is one of the most compelling points for her character in that when um, Moro was showing Naram... Suvi had that great line of like, I went from pretending to be surprised or excited to actually being excited. Well, then we got two more details that I think was interesting. One, um, they, when they were having their argument, uh, her and Ame, and Ame, they talked about like not letting Orima free. And Suvi just flatly says like, I, w- I wouldn't have let you. Like you, you wouldn't have been able to do that. Um, I think said even something about like protecting the wizards or something like I wouldn't have let or you do that or affect the wizards of I don't remember the phrasing, but that was really interesting to me. Um, And then how she talked about spirits. We know in that argument, we know the Citadel. I'm going to put this phrasing for my own, my own perception uses and abuses spirits to their own gain. Um, We know Naram isn't the first of this kind of situation. And um, I don't know. The best analogy I can think of is like when you find out like your family is, are a bunch of racists (laughs) and your friend who you're talking to about it, you're like, wait, are you racist? Like, (laughs) you're like, wait a second. Like that's kind of the vibe I get from Suvi of like, yeah, Suvi's one of the good ones, but like the more they get kind of get in this conversation, I'm like, I think Suvi might be like big time, uh, What's it called when you get brainwashed? Um, uh, like indoctrinated? Yeah, big time indoc- indoctrinated and like 
So going back to the original point, I think if push came to shove and it was like, this is what Orm has asked for. And Sue was like, we're not doing that. Um, I could see Suvi being like, yeah, we're not. Yeah. That's what Suvi says or uh, Steel says. Yeah, totally. Like, I, I really don't see Steel. Like, I feel I feel I see Steel being on Moro's end of the spectrum. So, um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how Suvi reacts. Oh, and real quick, I realized Galani is a a woman. I was thinking Moro. Um, oh, okay. I, I was thinking it was Moro that was crying, but you're right. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Galani is a woman. Um, so, uh, I'm curious if. Okay, wait. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to pivot us just yet uh, on the Suvi thing. Um, they they briefly talked about this in the fireside chat, and Brennan put it pretty uh, eloquently. I thought in that Suvi kind of serves two masters, one being like the Citadel and everything she's learned her whole life. And two being like her friendship uh, mm-hmm. to Ame and Ursulan. And she, and I, he doesn't know, again, this was Brennan saying this, so it wasn't Abria. So he's like, but I, I don't know if she's aware that she has like two sets of programming that are kind of contradictory. Mm-hmm. And at times she's following one and at times she's following another. At some point there's going to come a, like a a point where like that can't continue. One is going to have to overtake the other. Um, so uh, I think that's just like a nice way of encapsulating what we're talking about here. But I'm curious if, if this moment, this kind of thing with Naram could be one of the first like self realizations of that. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I do think that, and we've talked about this at length, but the kind of whole like Suvi's character and like being pro Citadel, eventually kind of converging away from that presumably i do think that's going to be like a longer arc that won't like resolve yeah. this next episode um but i do think it could at least be explored as soon as yeah. this next episode um i mean and i want that exploration to involve ursula's reaction and she said some pretty harsh things like yes you know people spirits who come here like get what they deserve yes. and here's ursula who for 10 episodes we've been hearing him talk about how utterly miserable his life has been you know i just and it's it's partially her fault uh i won't from the children's yeah. adventure you get some more insight onto like why ursulan is is over here and not in the spirit world um so it's just very harsh of her to say and i i mm. i'm i so love that brennan brought it up um because i don't know if it it hit either of the two of them it didn't hit me and yeah, it didn't hit me either hit it out and i was like oh dang that's very true yeah like you're basically your best friend over there you you know what yeah. happens to him happens to him i don't care um and i also thought it like i i love lou like not engaging with it in the moment you know because mm-hmm. that that was like as an amateur D and er if i can call myself that um one it probably wouldn't have hit me just like it didn't hit them in the moment but then if like my dm brought it up i'd be like oh that's like so juicy like yeah i'm I'm engaging with that but he chose to be like you know what in this moment like i don't think that that registers um i don't know i just think that's like a yeah a cool move like a like a yeah it's like shows his skill like because obviously that's going to be engaged with later and so i think it's kind of cool to like step away from it for now yeah um yeah, he's he's savoring till the right moment. Yeah. To eat that morsel. That's right. A morsel of drama. Okay. Um I kind of am gonna pivot now if that's unless you have more yeah. to say about the whole steel situation. Um all right. Um to pivot to the Orima stuff. Um one, I think it's crazy that they walked out of there basically unscathed unscathed and basically got exactly what they wanted you know like uh props to ame and and ursulan for uh mostly ame but ursulan as well for like handling it as they did and and being able to accomplish that um uh well okay two things actually um one confirmation that suvi was indeed like blocked uh (laughs) cloaked um which i I believe her pendant was like I was like freaking Will. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. <laughs> was it the the pendant was her mother's, right? 
I know her, I think the so. ring was her father's, and then I couldn't remember yeah. the pendant, but I think it was her mom's. Yeah, I think so. So I, I guess it just has some kind of built-in protection yeah. from, I'm, I guess, like great dangers, maybe specifically great spirits. Um, but that we've seen them encounter, I guess, not that many, but at least a couple of spirits, like one including Ursulon himself, and nothing's ever happened. So. I'm well, curious like, and, what the parameters on that thing are. Well, interestingly enough, when the um, King of the Night came to visit, there was no... Um, oh, yeah. There was no inclination that... That's interesting. That they were aware of Abria Suvi being in the home. Oh. Yeah, okay. So, I kind of want to go back might, and, and watch that scene. Yeah, it might be Great Spirits. Hmm. But so. super cool. And um curious to find out more about like what what's actually happening there, like what triggers it, what is it doing. Right. Um because again, Orima wasn't like manifested, so maybe it's not fair to say like she was yeah. at her full capability, but to like cloak yourself from a great spirit seems like a must be pretty powerful magic. Um yeah. and oh, yeah. only the spirit. Because Ursuline could still like they they could still see her. Yeah. Um so I thought that was interesting. Um, okay, I know I'm like just rattling off shotgun style, but there's a few different things during this that I wanted to talk about. One, amazing that they got away with the W like they did. Um, two, we found out that Orima can uh, see out of any of her eyes anywhere, even just like a depiction on a wall. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, um, very cool lore detail. Yeah, and so I'm curious, I'm assuming clearly that's not every spirit obviously but i wonder if that's like even amongst the great spirits is that still like a level of power or do they all yeah. similarly have that ability and I think we got confirmation that that included the um statue at the plaza right? yeah yeah i was gonna so i'm guessing that's why that thing happened i would imagine like with ame i mean like why she had the stuff in her stomach and like, you know, I'm assuming maybe yeah. Orima like literally did that in that moment. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Um, all right. Now the whole Rin connection I wanted to talk to you about because, and speaking of the, the statue in the plaza moment, as you pointed out, that was presumably a vision of the future. Like what would happen if right. Orima and Naram's dad, or was it Orima's dad? I don't remember. Naram's dad. Naram's yeah. dad came and like unleashed hell on Port Talon for, um, you know, what they did to Naram. And I'm totally with you on that. Um, but what's curious is like, <clears throat> if that was a future vision and like hadn't happened in the past, I'm curious why Rin would like lock Orima out. Cause presumably that must've happened like a while ago. Um, and uh, she obviously has a reputation, a bad reputation for being like, mm -hmm. like even Ursuline's dad was scared of her. So maybe it was just based on that. Um, but even with that being the case where Rin has seemingly kind of cleverly outsmarted Orima, Orima still regarded Win with respect. Like she wasn't like, oh, you know, yeah. grandmother Rin, that's the person who's locked me out. Like yeah. that wasn't the reaction. I, I kind of took it to be, uh, and I think this is why it wasn't so like cut and dry articulated. Like I, I take it to be this very complicated kind of song and dance kind of deal of like, and I can't even articulate it without sounding stupid. Like something <laughs> like, you know, I place this offering, which is like tradition. And then you by tradition also don't, you agree not to enter in. And and I know Brennan used the phrasing like something clever was happening here, but I didn't necessarily take it as like Grandmother Rin tricked Orima in in some way. Because um, Orima was also aware that the offering of the bowl was what was preventing her entry. Right. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot more to unpack there. And especially I love Brennan's line, if Grandmother Rin's gone, why is her magic still here? Which I even I love how these questions get asked and then the players are like, yeah. And then I'm like, <laughs> you should ask what that is, what that means. <laughs> so 
I, I took it to mean that in the in the betrothal of the cottage and this feign of power and uh, you know overtaking grandmother okay. Rin as the witch of um yeah, Toma, Toma. that yeah. like Ame now had that power so like any active things yeah. that Rin had like Ame now that not, makes she might not be like sense. cognizant of the yeah. fact that she's doing it but like it's continuing like, on is she not dead like is she somewhere <laughs> out there your your answer makes way more sense for sure that's how and i it took also, it it also ties into brennan giving um uh ame that really cool line of because like honestly ame has been criticized endlessly by suvi and so giving Ame, Ame this line around um, stepping into her own and parleying this agreement with this great spirit, a massive spirit, um, that was a cool, a cool moment for Ame. Yeah. But that does, that does track, though, if that's the case. Um, yeah, agreed. I loved, I loved that moment of, you know, she's no longer an apprentice, I think is what he said. Um, but yeah, I just am curious like why Rin would have done that. Um, and again, maybe it's as simple as Orima's bad news and she just wanted to protect this place. Um, but yeah, uh, Orima not having like hatred towards Rin mm. interested me. And again, she, not that she like respect, I mean, maybe it's fair to say she seemingly respected her. Um, but it could also play into the fact of why Rin had Wavebreaker, Maybe. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm curious if, if Ren, um, or excuse me, if, sorry, new question here. Clearly she can't come into the world because of the offering on the shrine. Um, do you take that to mean that she can't manifest in anywhere in the world because of this offering on this shrine? Cause that's what I took it to mean. Cause seemingly if yeah, it's like, well, I mean, let me just come over to this Island and I'll just, you know, walk 500 miles, but it, you know, it is, it is Orama shrine. So, I mean, yeah, I could, I could see that for sure. Presumably she has multiple shrines though. Right. Like I would, I don't least, know. I would imagine, but I would, yeah, I guess, I, we, I guess we don't so. know, but yeah, I don't know. Um, and maybe only a witch can do it. Like maybe only a witch can remove the enchantment. Cause like, why not have your, dendrites or whatever they were called <laughs> that's true she did so, ask ursulon to do it though but maybe like but maybe it true. has to be like you know mm -hmm. something um but yeah i was just <clears throat> i was wondering why rin would have completely wanted to block her from entering the world um which yeah. maybe it's like a like you said like uh not that she tricked her necessarily but you know it's just something clever about it um which i think we don't know the why, but I think the how was, like you said, if I make you this offering, you don't come in. And like the, the cleverness was that the food never spoiled is how I took it. And so like, yeah, so there was okay. always an offering, meaning she could never um, come mm -hmm. out. Um, but yeah, so I know I've been long winded here, but I was just very curious what the relationship with Rin was, because that's mm -hmm. just it's just so interesting to me that yeah, she still mm -hmm. respected her even. Yeah. You think it would be a thorn in her side. Right. Um, yeah. Um, the party is still interestingly enough, level one still. Yeah. I'm seeing, I saw some conversation today on Reddit about thinking about their subclasses, um, which none of them have at level one, but, um, 11 episodes in 22 weeks, almost half a year. Yeah. I know we've said this will go on for years, but I'm like, oh, oh, dang, you really do mean years. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's a long time to be level one. Yeah, for sure. And I know we talked about this. I don't know if it was last episode or when, but like, I haven't felt it at all. Yeah. Like, I right. haven't been like, I mean, of course, like, yes, I want them to level just because like, that's cool. Like, you know, you want to see like what new abilities they get. Uh -huh. But like beyond that, I haven't been like, man, can they please level up from level one? Like, this is boring. Like, not at all. So right. tribute to Brennan. Um, and this quasi related. Um, but in the fireside chat, he did say something that I wanted to bring up. Let me just look it up really quick. But it was about um, combat. 
and because uh, you know they kind of got away with out having to do any combat with with Orima in this case and he was like my philosophy is like this this is not there's not like a okay we've had three episodes without a combat like I have to have a combat this session he's like it's not the story we're telling like we'll have combat when it makes sense to have combat like we'll have combat when the way the way my players interact with the world when it like rationally makes sense for combat to then ensue like that's when combat will happen um i just i think that's like a a healthy attitude to have because i know some people are like you have to have a combat every session and if you didn't especially every other session like if you didn't have one Um, and obviously that depends on your table like if your players are all there to be like you know combat fiends then you probably should have combat every session um i I think you hit it on the head i mean i think I think you design it around what your players want. And these people all know Brennan really well and obviously appreciate his flow. Um, I will say from like an entertainment perspective, combat can get incredibly boring to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, it, and it takes a long time. It really does. Um, so like for you guys who are like watching and maybe you're thinking about that pacing for your own campaign, I think it's something you figure out with your players. Um, and Will joked about it, but we, we have played with somebody who like their expectation was every session would have combat. <laughs> Um, and I, this new campaign or group that I'm playing with, um, we were talking about this exact thing on Friday and I said, look, you know, we could, we could definitely have combat every session, but if we're only getting together for two hours, you need to know with eight people, it's combat's going to be about 90 minutes. You have an so, eight people? I think there's nine actually. Like not counting you? Not counting me. They're all new? They're all new. Oh man. <laughs> We're not, we're not long for this. Um, <laughs> hang on. I think my daughter fell down or something. Oh gosh. So yeah. Yeah. You're good. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many of you guys have access to the uh, fireside chats, but um, would highly recommend, you know, if you can afford the uh, $5 a month, I have, I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to them talk each week or every other week. Um, just getting to pick their brains or not me personally getting to pick their brains, but just getting to see their brains picked by each other um, is really fascinating. So uh, to cycle this back to the level one thing, I feel like you can kind of connect Brennan's um, philosophy on combat. Maybe it's not fair to connect this, but to the fact that they're still level one, meaning that like there's no set amount of, episodes or time or events that need to happen that therefore lead to level two like oh we had three combats we had four social encounters we should be level nine by now you know um no i think they're gonna level up when it best serves the story and you know that's a great way to do it uh you know teach their own of course but uh like we mentioned i have not once felt like man there's they're level one still like this is like they need to get some new spells. This is boring. Combat is uneventful. Um, never once. And I think that obviously speaks to Brennan's skill as a DM and also the player's skill of making level one combat and um, social interactions, only having the spells and abilities they have interesting nonetheless. Uh, so yeah, that's my little spiel on that. And again, only $4.99. You too can enjoy the fireside chats with Brennan. Erica, Abria, and Adonis. Uh, which, for those of you that don't have it, uh, Lou Wilson has this bit where every week he's not Lou Wilson, he's some other guy that is filling in for Lou Wilson. And most recently it was Adonis, I can't remember the last name, and he was shirtless. So, good times. Oh, and you also get uh, access to the special one-shots they do, like the most recent one, A County Affair, which Erica Ishii GM'd her first time doing so. Uh, and that was fun. And it seems like they have a lot of that kind of stuff planned. So now that I've vamped for like three minutes with my fireside chat, Patreon plug, what to talk about now? Oh, how perfect. <laughs> All right. She fell off the bed. So oh, is she okay. <laughs> she is, but she was <laughs> very oh, upset. Thing. Yeah. She apparently popped up and just like, went right oh. off. So, uh, yeah, sorry about that. I just, she was like banging on the door. I was like, something, something happened here. 
No, you're good. And that was actually perfect timing because I, I just was going through a little spiel and I had just ended and I was like, okay, what am I going to talk about now? And that's when yeah. you showed up. What do so. I do now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, good time. Yeah, cool. So you just uh, outroed us basically? Uh, no, I we, I can do that though. But uh, oh, okay. I didn't uh, I didn't know if we were ready to outro. So I was talking about the fireside yeah. chats. Um, no, I don't remember what we even were talking about. I just, oh, um, yeah, it's, it's a big group of people. Here's my thinking for my D and D group. This new one is I'm going in with like zero expectations. Kind of like that last group you and I played with where I was like, if it goes one session, that's okay. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. It's a big group and no one's played before. So I'm we'll just, we'll see how it goes. I, uh, when, when did you don't, do you have your first session on the 15th? So in a couple of weeks. Okay, nice. Two weeks from tomorrow. Nice. Well, yeah, you have to keep us posted on how that goes. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to sidetrack us, but speaking of that that other group that you just mentioned a couple weeks ago, um, one of those guys messaged me, and I hadn't talked to them since then. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was small talk at first, but I was like, well, you know, not that you can't just message an old friend out of nowhere, but I mm-hmm. was like, I wonder what why he's messaging me. Um and then like a few messages in, it was like, man, we really loved playing with you. Uh, we'd love for you to DM for us. <laughs> and I was like, uh, man, I was like, I don't know if I have time for that right now. Um, but I just thought it was funny. That. You're a great DM. I, really I would have, I would have much rather like played, but I don't know. DMs. Do you, a, prefer, do you prefer to play than DM? I don't prefer to play, but DMing is so much work. It really is. Yeah. So that's why I just don't know if I had to, like if and if I did DM, I really would want to make sure like I could like yeah. do it right. Um, I try to like not be humble at all with the amount of work that goes into a session. Just when people, fortunately, everyone in my uh, in my regular group, are, they're pretty good about like being up to date on things. Yeah. But, like if someone's like, oh yeah, I haven't even chosen my spells when we leveled up four sessions ago, I'm like. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I did hours of prep. Right. For... <laughs> these are all custom stat blocks for these <laughs> monsters. <laughs> yeah. So a hundred percent. And not you know, there's there's seven ways to skin a cat. Is that the phrase? Let's move mm-hmm. on. Uh, so I mean there definitely are ways to DM where like you don't have to like do three hours for every hour played. But right. I, I haven't DM that much. Basically just one campaign and that didn't even end. But so mm. with that being my only experiment experience, I spent way too much time, honestly, like world building and plotting out like the mm. the lore and stuff that like never touched ever. And so like yeah. my, my so I wouldn't need to do that again. But like that's like my process, you know. So for me, like yeah. if I'm going to DM again, unless I use that same world, like that's like so much Wait. work. You can pick up and recycle stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, if I did DM again, I would recycle all of that, honestly. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I've gotten sidetracked here. But yeah, I just thought it was funny that they, uh, like, like yeah. not, I love those guys. Uh, but I just thought it was oh, funny. Yeah, like, no, we no, hadn't no, talked in forever. And it was like, hey, yeah, DM yeah. for us. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's why you reached out. <laughs> yeah, I would really like to do, um, just for you guys who are listening, uh, when the new Critical Role system comes out, I'd love for us all to do. I say all um, some of you guys for yeah. us to do a um, like a session together or something. So yeah, that uh, would be really fun. Anyway. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, did you have anything else from this episode? I don't think so. Okay. Let me quickly scan through my notes. Um, it's been a really good pixel bits conversation, by the way, which one, what we just had. Oh just yeah. Yeah. We combat can, and yeah. yeah, we can re dive into it. If you guys haven't seen, we we started a new series called Pixel Bits, um, and it's like a it's going to be just a talk show uh, every week or every other week where we kind of just it's kind of unstructured. We get on a microphone and just just chat about what we've been playing, thinking about, talking about. So it's not going to be about a certain show, um, but like what we just that conversation we just had about DMing and D and D. That'd be a good example of the kind of stuff you'd see in there. So if you like that kind of content, you can check it out on our channel. We have episode one up. Um, we debate the greatest actor of all time. If it is in fact, Tom Cruise, we didn't actually get into that, but that would have made a great, a um, great episode, including a slew of other things. But, um, um, you guys can check that out if you like that kind of content. Yeah. hundred percent. And, um, yeah, I'm looking through, I think we hit all the main things I wanted to hit. Uh, I'm just curious to see what happens next. 
Mm-hmm. I guess we'll find out Wednesday. Indeed. All right. Indeed. Well, Radio. Um, yeah, that's going to do it. Next thing you'll see from us is probably going to be Critical Role and then episode 12 of this. So yep. hope to see you there. See you soon. <laughs> Bye, guys.